us uh, this morning. If you have a Bible today, let's go to Psalm 119. And so if you've got one that you're going to open up and turn on, uh, Psalm 119 is where we're going to be. Those of you at your house, we encourage you to participate as well with the, with the Bible open. So Psalm 119, uh, I'm going to meet you in verse 25. And like I said, as we're beginning 2021, uh, over the next several weeks, we're going to be in the book of Psalms. And uh, this morning, Psalm 119, verse 25 is where we're going to be. And we're going to look at how we are to depend upon God for everything. And you know, I love New Year's. I, I don't know about you guys if you love a new year, but I do. It's just a fresh start. You know, new opportunities, you get to set new goals, you can kind of think about, hey, this is what I want to do in the new year. You know, but one thing about a, a new year is this, just because you turn the page of the calendar doesn't mean all those problems magically went away, right? And so just because at midnight we went from 2020 to 2021 doesn't mean everything stayed back in 2020, you know, so you may have carried over in 2021 stress and anxiety and worry and maybe some depression. All those issues, they didn't just magically stay, even though we wanted them to. They came right over with us. And so if I just described you, somebody who's just worried about tomorrow, you're stressed about the present, maybe you're struggling with some depression or anxiety right now, if that's you, there's really good news for you. You are a prime candidate for revival. Right? You, you are right where you need to be. You are in a position to be revived. Because when we talk about revival, some of you grew up in a, in a generation that had revival services. Right? We're going to schedule out our revival time. But revival, what does that mean in the Bible is simply this. It's a renewed work of God in your life. All right, so revival is finding new zeal and new passion for the Lord. So revival's moving from being spiritually dry to be spiritually fresh. It moves from being spiritually asleep to being spiritually awake. Revival happens, and you experience that when you're not walking with God faithfully, and then you start walking with God faithfully. So revival is that renewed zeal to obey God. And what you're going to find in Psalm 119 is a whole psalm about the Bible. But in verses 25 through 32, what we want to focus on this morning, you see a picture of revival. You're going to see a guy that's going to move from you know, a position of desperation to running with the Lord, to obeying God, to having a zeal for God once again. So I'm going to invite you, as we like to do around here, to stand, uh, to read the Word of God. We do this to honor the reading of the Word of God. And so if you don't mind standing with me, I invite you at home to read along with us as well. Psalm 119, we're going to pick up in verse 25. The psalmist says, my soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul, verse 28, he says, melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put away false ways far from me and graciously teach me your law. I've chosen the way of faithfulness. I've set your rules before me. Verse 31 says, I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. 
And then I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Father God, we have opened your word. And now we need you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to open our minds and our hearts to understand it, to see ourselves within the text. Father, I pray in the moments we are going to have together here in your word, whether it is the folks that are sitting in front of me or, or those that are at a distant watching online, we know the Holy Spirit's power and we ask that you revive us again. Father, move us out of our anxieties, out of our worries, out of our stresses, out of our desperation. Father, remove us out of our depression. Remove us away from our sin. And Lord, bring revival, a renewed sense of passion for you, a zeal to obey you. Father, revive us again, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. What you see first in the text is a need for revival. A need for revival. Now, the good news of revival is this, that God revives those who depend upon him. Uh, and that's why we're starting the series Dependent, because God will revive those who are dependent upon him. And so you notice first that the psalmist in verse 25 has a need for revival. He says there that my soul clings to the dust. My soul clings to the dust. Put it this way, I'm at the end of my rope. I don't know what to do next. All my hope's lost. I'm too stressed and worried about tomorrow. My anxiety level has risen. My depression has brought me down. Life has become too much for me to handle. Have you said that recently? Have you thought that recently? Is there any point recently where you've thought that this is too much to handle? I can't do this. I'm at the end of my rope. This is too much. I don't know what's going to happen next. I'm worried about this and I'm worried about that. There was a, a study recently done by the American Psychological Association. Uh, in this study, they surveyed 10,000 Americans asking about their mental health. Listen to two of the findings. 78% of those surveyed, so 78% of 10,000 people said that the coronavirus pandemic was a significant source of stress in their lives. 60% of those surveyed out of 10,000 said issues that our country is facing is overwhelming to them. Is that you? I mean, are, are you at that point where you're like the psalmist, my soul clings to the dust? Did you notice how fast he moved from verse 24 to 25? Look at that with me. Verse 24, look at what your Bible says. It says something to this effect, that my soul delights in your word. Verse 24, he's delighting in the law of the Lord. Verse 24, he's delighting in life. Verse 24, he's delighting in the love of God. Verse 24, everything's good and everything's rosy and everything's fine. Verse 25, my soul clings to the dust. It doesn't take long to put us in a position of needing revival. And then we see the prayer of revival. His prayer, give me life according to your word. Maybe your translation says, revive me according to your word. There's a prayer of revival there. Give me life again according to your word. Revive me according to your word. But understand this, that God revives those who depend upon him. You have to understand your state, your need for revival. But notice what God can do in revival. I love this section of the psalm. 
verses 26 through 29, look at what God can do in revival. He says, when I told him my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the ways of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put away false ways for far from me, and graciously teach me your law. Notice the psalmist, what he's relying upon God to do in his life. Look again with me, and you may want to circle these or underline these, highlight them on your iPad or your phone. He's calling the, asking God to teach him his statutes. It says, make me understand the way of your precepts. Verse 28, strengthen me according to your word. Verse 29, teach me your law. Did you notice all those? God, I need you to do this for me. God, I need you to do this for me. And we see the actions of God in this text. Make me, verse 27, make me understand those things. Verse 28, strengthen me. Verse 29, teach me. Now, you notice also within the text, there's going to be words like statutes and precepts and, and laws. And, and all of those, if you put those together, is simply going to mean this, uh, that they're, they, these are God's ordinances. These are God's commands. These are God's words. And so what he's asking God to do is, is God, I need you to help me understand your word. Revive me according to your word so I can obey you, so I can live a life of holiness for you. That, God, I can have passion and zeal for you again. That, that God, you bring that desire in me again to, to want to worship you and honor you. And I, I love what you find in the text as he's calling out to God for this. Notice again in verse 26, when I told you of my ways, you answered me. I told you of my ways, you answered me. Now, a little audience participation time here. All right, so, so get ready. I'm going to ask this question specifically of the men. All right, so men, I'm going to ask this of you and to participate with me online, same thing. Men, this question's for you, so you can maybe say yes, amen, uh, click like. So men, raise your hand if your wife, your girlfriend, your significant other, someone, your, your parent has ever said this to you. Are you listening to me? Did you hear what I just said? Right? Maybe even this one. Repeat everything I just said. Right? Okay? Now, some of you guys didn't raise your hand through any of those questions, so I don't know if you were listening to me at that moment. Right? Okay? But for guys, we somehow get accused of selective listening at times, don't we? When we probably really were listening the whole time. We can multitask, can't we, guys? All right, well, that's a whole other you know, side conversation. But there are times when we selectively listen at moments in our lives. And someone might say, did you, did you just hear what I just said? Or repeat that back? Are you listening? But here's what I love about God's word. And notice it again in verse 26. When I told uh, when I told of my ways, what does it say? What did God do? You answered me. Isn't that amazing? Don't gloss over that in the Bible. That when we pray, the God who spoke everything into existence hears you. When you pray, the God who made it rain for 40 days and 40 nights and wiped everything out on earth, but one little boat with one family in it hears you. 
when you stand at night and you got a, a nice skyline going and, and you're out and you can see all the stars in the sky, when you pray that God who put every star in that sky, who named every one of them, hears you and he answers you. The God who raised Jesus from the dead hears you and he answers you. So that teaches you this, you're not insignificant. You're significant to God. You're loved by God. You're heard by God. And when you come clean for your need of revival, when you understand your condition, and like the psalmist, you say, my soul clings to the dust. Oh, God, I need you to do something in me. God revives those who depend on him. It's such good news that when I told him my ways, you answered me. And he's asking God, God, do something in me again. Teach me your statutes. Oh, God, make me understand the ways of your precepts. God, help me. Because notice his condition in verse 28. In verse 28, you might find yourself here. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Lord, I'm at the end of my rope. My soul clings to the dust. Verse 28, my soul melts away for sorrow. What is the sorrow? What's the struggle? It's the weight of sin in his life. There's sin that he's not surrendered. There's sin he's not confessed. There's sin he's battling. There's temptations that are raging in his life. And what happens in our lives is that'll melt away our soul. There'll be a weight upon you until you confess that sin, until you lay it down, until you surrender it. Revival won't come. That awakening won't come. That freshness of being in God's presence won't come until you put it aside, until you lay it down and walk away and say, I don't want it anymore more. And the psalmist in verse 28 saying that, God, my soul is melting for sorrow. I need you to strengthen me according to your word. Revival comes to those who depend upon him. You see the need of revival, verse 25. We see what God can do in revival, how God can strengthen you, awaken you, bring you back. But notice what you have to do. There's a part in revival of something you have to do in order to experience revival. Notice in verses 30 through 32 this. He says, I've chosen the way of faithfulness. I've set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. And then I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Do you notice the flow of the text? Verses 26 through 28 really centered in on God. I need you to do this for me. Verses 30 through 32 is this is the decision I'm making for God. Do you notice all the eyes in verses 30 through 32? I've chosen the way of faithfulness. I've set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies. I will run in the way of your commandments. Those are decisions. The psalmist is making this decision, God, as you bring revival in my life, I'm making this decision. This morning, you have to make that decision. You have to make a decision that, God, I'm going to live for you, that, God, I'm going to read your word, that, Lord, I'm going to obey you, that, God, I want to love you again with a passion, with a zeal, and I'm asking you to bring that in my heart. I want you to notice this, verse 25, where do we find the psalmist? We find him clinging to the dust. Verse 32, where do you find the psalmist running the course of God's commandments? You see a picture of revival in his life. He went from clinging to the dust to running for the Lord. He went from down to up, spiritually asleep to spiritually awake, 
cold and on fire. What happened? God revived him. God enlarged his heart, verse 32. And this morning, that is a prayer that you and I ought to pray. God, enlarge my heart for your word. Enlarge my heart for your commandments. Lord, enlarge my heart for obeying you because, God, I need revival. I need that zeal back. I need that passion back. I need to be fresh for you, God. The good news is that God revives those who depend upon him. Rodney Smith uh, was born in London, England to gypsy parents, and he later took on the nickname Gypsy Smith. Uh, You may have heard of Gypsy Smith at some point uh, in the late 1800s, early 1900s. He was a a very famous revivalist, a a pastor who traveled around uh, with the Salvation Army throughout Europe and through parts of America preaching the gospel. See, Gypsy Smith came to know Jesus Christ at the age of 16 in a service. By the age of 20, he had taught himself how to read and write and he'd gone out and started preaching on the street corners and, the, and, you know, in the streets and then later out in the fields. And he would start attracting large crowds where he was sharing the gospel. Well, the Salvation Army came to him early in his 20s. And I, and I love this. And I, I want to, you know, for our youth and our young people, listen, God can use you in the age you are. You don't have to wait late in life for God to use you. He can use you right there. Early in his 20s, Salvation Army approached Gypsy Smith and he said, you know, we, we travel around and we hold revival. Bible services and worship services. We want you to be one of our preachers. And Gypsy Smith went and traveled uh, throughout the United States and Europe preaching the gospel with the Salvation Army. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people were saved under Gypsy Smith's uh, ministry. One person asked him one time, what's your secret of success? Why do you see God move in such a way? What can you tell me? Gypsy Smith said this, and I want you to listen closely. He said, go home, lock yourself in your room, kneel down in the middle of the floor, and with a piece of chalk, draw a circle around yourself. There on your knees, pray fervently and brokenly that God would start a revival within that chalk circle. You you and I can get so busy praying for revival for others, we forget to pray for revival for ourselves. And we can pray for revival as we should for our nation and our our communities, our world, our families, our children, our friends. That we can forget that God started with me. And so what I want you to do this morning, we're going to do this a little differently, is during this first song, Pastor Matt and Catherine are going to come up and sing I Surrender All in a moment. And as they're singing, you're invited to come to the front and you can spread out down here and you can pray on your knees. You can turn and get on your knees there at your chair, or you can stay seated. But as they're singing, I'm going to call you to pray. And they're going to sing, I surrender all. And there in your homes, we're going to call you to pray as well. And I'm going to ask you this, what do you need to surrender before the Lord today? What's blocking revival in your life? What's keeping you spiritually down? What's keeping you spiritually cold? What's blocking that revival that God can bring where you have that renewed zeal and passion for the Lord again? Is it a self-righteous attitude? Do you need to lay down and surrender self-righteousness this morning? 
Is there a sin you've not confessed? Is there a sin in your life you need to surrender and say, I don't want this. I want you, God. What do you need to surrender today? Is it anxiety? Is it worry? Is it stress? What do you need to surrender and ask God, God, move in my heart afresh and anew. And so you, as they sing, you can come forward. There are going to be folks down front who will pray with you and pray for you. Maybe this morning it's to say, you know what? I need to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I don't know him as my personal Lord and Savior. That's your first step of revival. That's your first step to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. But as they're singing, you're praying. And you pray there at your seat. You can pray down front. You get on your knees. You can stay seated. But pray during this song fervently, as as just Gypsy Smith says, pray fervently, pray brokenly that God would start a revival right with you. And so let's thank you for watching today's message. I hope that you found it encouraging and challenging to your faith. At Heights, our mission is to love and to lead all people to a new life with Christ. And right now, I want to encourage you, if you have never given your life over to Jesus Christ, placed your faith and trust in Him, then the Bible calls you to do that. And today, right where you are, you can place your faith in Christ and become a new believer in Jesus. You know, that's such an important decision that every person has to make. You know, one day you are going to stand before God and give an account of your life, to give an account of what you did with Jesus Christ in your life. And so I want to encourage you, Just as Hebrews 4.12 says that today is the day of salvation, just right where you are, give your life to Jesus Christ. And the way that you can do that is through prayer. The Bible says in Romans 10.13, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so if you're interested today in starting a relationship with Jesus, having your sin forgiven, finding forgiveness of your sin and new life with Christ that lasts for all of eternity, I want to encourage you to pray along with me. Let's pray together. Dear God, today I need Jesus as my Savior. I place my faith and trust in Him, in Him alone. Thank you for saving me. You know, if you prayed that prayer today, we'd love to be able to connect with you. If you'd like to go to heightschurch.org slash connect, Let us know that you prayed. Let us know how we can pray for you. But the important step that you need to take is to let somebody know, today I started a new relationship with Jesus Christ. We'd love to come alongside of you and encourage you in that new direction in your life. We'd love to have you in person if you're able to make it at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you have any other needs, contact us at heightschurch.org slash connect. We'll be back in touch with you. Thank you for watching today's message, and I hope you have a great week.